Welcome to the Inner Dominatrix Podcast, the show that gets you stepping into your bold, sexy, fun-filled life. Today, I have another exciting guest for you, Nina Mendelson. So Nina and I met about two years ago um, at an event, and we clicked instantly because Nina and I have a very similar mindset, but she's approaching things from the side of food and health and looking at, at that, but she's got that same outlook of you know getting you to really step in your power. So she's really specializing in helping women to live in a body they love. She helps women end the war with food and make peace with their body by creating a deep, nourished life on the level of body, mind, and soul. So you can see why we're really connected here, right? Like really you know, on the same page. Nina, I am so glad that you are joining us today. Oh, Dana, I am thrilled to be with you here. And I, it's sort of, I'm so excited it worked out because we get to chat. Which yeah. we never get to do. I know. <laughs> Sometimes we need these podcast schedules just so we can do a catch up, right? That's right. <laughs> so I, you know, we were kind of, you know, talking over some ideas of where we we're going to go on this. And and first thing I want to kind of look at with you is that idea of diets and how that really is such a detriment for people and where you take people instead. Mm, it's such a great way to begin because it's basically like diving into the deep end <laughs> because diets are this incredible, I think of it as like this huge energy drain for women, mm. right? You're all about women being powerful, right? Claiming their energy, being out there in vibrancy. I'm all about women living with ease and nourishment and there's diets and diets is like the big black hole for women. Because we get into this thing of, I better lose weight so that I can feel good about myself. And in order to do that, I better go on a diet. Now, the reality of diets, and this is an astounding statistic, is that 95% of people who go on a diet gain the weight back, if not more, mm. in two years. So we're going, on, we're deciding, okay, I'm going to go on a diet. This is it. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to be in control of my food and, you know, make my body turn into something that I can love with a setup of failure. So that's why I think it's a huge distraction and energy drain from our true power. And it's alluring, right? The diet thing. Mm -hmm. It's sexy. Our whole culture has a billion dollar industry behind it, advertising it, marketing it, making it so that we think, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, I'll go on that diet. That looks good. And even some of the diets out there that are very, you know, I would consider great. They're real food. They're whole food. But again, if we're going on some kind of restriction for women, that doesn't work long term, right? You know more than anybody about pleasure, Dana, right? <laughs> we need it. We do. We do. And if we're, if we're always, you know, seeing ourselves as broken, which is that piece of, you know, if we yes. think that we need to lose weight in order to love ourselves, that's a, that's a cycle of seeing ourselves as broken. And, you know, the yes. diet industry is horrible for that. And I yes. am like, I knew the numbers were nasty, but 95%, I'm sorry. Like those odds are just not there. That's like playing the lottery to try to retire. Like it's just not going to work. It's appalling. It's it appalling is. is what it is. Yeah. 
So what are you doing instead? Because I mean, you know, we, we still want to, you know, get healthy and feel good in our body, but how do you yes. transition from seeing yourself as I'm fat, I'm ugly to getting to the space of loving yourself? Yeah, I love that question. So what do you do instead? Because when I invite people into releasing that idea of there's this ultimate diet that I'm going to stick to, there's like, but, but I don't want to give up on myself, right? So mm-hmm. it's exactly what you're saying. I still want to feel good. I want to know that I'm treating my body well. I want to be healthy. I want to have energy. I want to be strong. I personally have a, a, this personal goal of not falling down when I'm 85. That's what keeps me going to the gym, mm. right? I'm like, I am not going to be an old lady who falls down at 85 and breaks her hip. That's not me. So we all have our own personal goals that of how we want to be living. So if we're not going to go the route of diets, how do we go? And this is what I propose. I, go, I propose the route of nourishment. Let's go for deep nourishment. Let's go for that feeling of being nurtured, of being cared for, of being embraced, of being truly loved and loving ourselves. Like just even those words, like can you feel the difference of that? Then let's go on a diet and count our calories and count our grams and count our our own weight and body fat. Yeah. It's very different. And in fact, there's a way to actually classify that difference that I want to explore with you. And it's around um, the feminine approach to body and wellness versus the masculine approach. Mm. And yeah, it's tell really, me more about that. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I just want to be clear from the get-go, I'm not saying men and women. You know, you know, mm-hmm. we all know, we all have masculine and feminine archetypes within us. Yeah. So I'm not talking, this is what happens for men, this is what ta- happens for women. I'm talking about the archetypes. So the masculine archetype around health and wellness is what I consider um, the Nike slogan, just do it. <laughs> yes. Right? Just do it. Or push think of yourself. baseball, push yourself, yeah. right? Feel the burn. And just stop or- eating those pizzas. <laughs> Exactly. Just stop eating them. Right. Just stop it. <laughs> I hear that Late. from my husband. He's like, well, just stop eating too much food. It's like, oh, <laughs> right. It's just like, it doesn't help us. It doesn't help us. Or put down the fork. That's my favorite. I'm like, put down the fork? Why? It's yummy. Like, why would I want to put down the fork? Like, there's just all these ways that we're very, it, it, I think of baseball, right? Stats, right? How many yeah. fat grams? How many yeah. carb grams? How much body fat? We're in the measurement mode. That's a more masculine, very directive, very linear approach. Then if you move into the more feminine, again, I'm not saying women and men, it's the archetypes. So if you move into the more feminine approach of being in relationship with your body, we're moving into flow. We're moving into more of listening, responding, caring for, nurturing, being with right? Those are more on the like watery end of things. Mm -hmm. The more of being on your side, walking with somebody instead of like, go, go, go. You're walking right next to them. You're partnering with them. You're in relationship, right? One of my favorite things when I was um, in grad school studying studying psychology, we 
studied many different psychological frameworks. And one of them was feminist psychology. And the framework within that is that women grow and learn in relationship to one another. Mm -hmm. We don't learn in this little vacuum of like, okay, you know, mark down what you ate today and how many calories, like that doesn't work for us. We need that flow. We need that connection. We need that deep nourishment. So my approach is more on that feminine end of things of really being in deep nourishment. And it makes a huge difference. It can make us be able to make that shift from being in a place of, I don't like my body very much, to I actually feel really amazing in my body. And there's a specific continuum that I can tell you about, about how to actually make that flow happen if you want to hear about it. And I'd imagine that it's not, it's not an overnight process. You know, this is not like, okay, you're going to get this one tool and suddenly... You now love your body. You love being in your body, right? Like, what is what is kind of like the expectation that people should have for? Yes. How much time does it take, on average, for somebody to really start loving themselves? So that is such a great question, and I want to say, and not to scare people off, but I have been on this journey for decades, and Mm. there are most days I wake up, I look in the mirror, and I feel positive about my body. I'm loving my body. But then someday I'll go on Facebook and I'll see some, I don't know, somebody from college or high school and I'll see their picture and I'll suddenly go into compare and despair. Oh, their life is better and they're taller and thinner and blonder and I've never been taller, thinner, blonde. So, but whatever, there I go compare and suddenly I'm in despair and whoosh, I'm down back into that body hate, that Mm self-criticism. So it's a process, but it's not like we land there like a gymnast and stick our landing forever, (laughs) right? It's a process of going through different, what I call phases in the body love continuum. And, you know, it's interesting. It's like, I I often use the analogy of, um, you know, because people say, you think they have that expectation that's like, okay, they're going to have one session with me and then boom, they're going to be into their power and that's it. They're, they're going to be good, <laughs> right? And I'm like, well, if you went to the gym once, are you going to yes. be fit for the rest of your life? Like we don't, yes. we don't have that expectation that working out once is going to be, you know, it's going to make us fit for the rest of our lives. And somehow, you know, this idea that we should be able to change our lives with just one coaching session or one coaching pro- program and I think that sets people up for disaster, for making themselves wrong. It's interesting that you say that because it, when I first started doing my coaching work and people would say, well, can I meet with you one time? You know, I was trying to build my business and I was like, mm-hmm. sure, yeah. And then I realized it's a setup for failure. Yeah. It's again, basically giving them a diet. Even though I wasn't saying diet, it was, here's the information, you go do it, but you can't do it, oh, now you're a failure. So one of the, and that's one of the things that many capable people do is I should be able to do this by myself. Mm. And says who? Says who we should be, right, like this lone island. That's no fun. It's not as effective. And it doesn't usually work. There are a few people, sure, they're great. They hole up in their cave and they make it happen. 
I happen to not be one of those people. And I happen to mostly work with people who are not those people, but who are very capable in their life. Like most of the women that I work with are like, I don't get it. I've got so many things together. I'm like, you know, running a business or, you know, successful at work or, you know, having an amazing family and, you know, doing so much. But why do I still feel bad around my relationship with my food and body? Well, because you're still trying to work it out all by yourself by reading the blogs or meeting with a nutritionist once as though that's going to make the shift. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a process. It's It's, a journey. Yeah, it really is. And it's, you know, you can read a blog or you can read, I mean, I have people on my Facebook group and, and I share lots of tools on there, but you know, siphoning through what's the most applicable Yeah, and that's, you know, having that guide to say, you know what? Do this one step next. Forget all the rest of the noise because there's so much noise going on, right? And and if it was information that we needed, um, Google would have solved all of our problems, (laughs) right? I love that, (laughs) yes. And I love Google, but it has not solved all of my problems. It just has given me more things to look at. Right. So, so true. There's um, one of my teachers talks about a high fact diet, F-A-C-T, not high fat, F-A-T, but a high fact diet that that's what we suffer from too much information. And I often end up talking to women who are like, well, I tried, you know, going raw and I tried paleo and I tried Atkins and I tried this and I tried Mm -hmm. that. And I'm not sure we've lost touch with what does my body need? We've lost trust. We've lost touch with body trust. Yes. With really connecting to the signals, the sensations, the language that our body speaks daily. Yeah. And one of the ways I, I like to think about it is our body has, you know, or imagine that our body was an alert system, which it is, Mm -hmm. right? So that every day, every hour, there is some kind of beep, some kind of light, some kind of flashing alarm that's going off. And are we listening? Most often, not so much. Like the alarm goes off and says, I got to pee. (laughs) <laughs> and we're like, oh, I got to just do one more thing. Yeah, no, right no, 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 there's this other, not right now. I can't go pee now. Right? I'm on the road. I can't do it. <laughs> right, I can't do it now. Or sometimes it's, you know what? I'm really tired. Oh no, can't sleep. Better have some coffee. Yeah. Right. Or sometimes it's, I'm really sad, right? That's the alarm going off is I'm mm. having feelings. Oh no, don't have time for feelings. Have some chocolate instead. That'll do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you get conditioned with that as a, as a kid, you know, I, I see these parents and it, it sometimes it makes me cry because, you know, it's like kids whining and crying. And then it's like, here, have a cookie so you can shut up. Yes. And, and then, you know, no wonder we you know, placate ourselves with chocolate and cookies. And I know I still, like, I've done a lot of work on myself and there's still days where if I'm stretching into a new, you know, new space and I'm like, Ooh, on the other level, I'm like, cookies. I really want cookies. Now there's never any cookies in this house, but you know, I, it's the craving is still there. I just choose to go. "Mm, That's not really what I'm craving. Right. So what you're, what you are describing right now is very powerful. What you're describing is body awareness, Mm. right? So we're talking about that attunement to sensation. Yeah. 
body awareness. And when we look at this, and I have a map actually of this body love continuum of how to move from body hate to body love, body awareness is right in the middle of that journey. So the journey starts with body hate, that place of self-criticism, that place of I don't want to listen to my body. I don't care what it just I'm going to ignore it like it's over there to moving. Often we move from that place of body hate to what I call body management. So body management is that, oh. I better do something about that body. I better go take it to the gym. I better put mm. it on a diet, right? It's still it. It's still right. this thing over there. I call it like living next door to our body. Oh, I better take care of that <laughs> thing over there, you know? And there's, there's a, a seeking of control of rules or diets. And there's a disconnection to sensation. But if we can get support and develop more awareness and self-compassion, we can end up in this very powerful place that you were just describing, which is body awareness. And body awareness is the doorway that opens us up to the other side of this body love map, which is being body positive and also body love. And I have a link um, that I'm happy to share with you that you can share with the listeners. Yeah, we'll make sure we get that in the show notes for everyone. That has has a link that will take you to this map so you can really see it visually. Because when I've shown it to people visually, they're like, oh my gosh, I printed it out and I just like put it on my desk and I put it on the fridge because then I know where I am in the continuum between body love and body hate. And so I can decide, I can make a choice at this point to move myself into a more positive relationship with my food and body. Because body awareness, when you were saying, you know, oh, I notice that I'm having some feelings, and I'm noticing a craving, right? So in body awareness, that kind of talk that you did with yourself is perfect. It's observational, Mm-hmm. And it's non-judgmental. Those yay are very, me. yeah, <laughs> really, yay you. Yeah. So it's observational, non-judgmental. And what happens is curiosity leads that. Curiosity leads body awareness. This is where we start to feel like we really start to trust our body. Because awareness, curiosity, attunement to sensation, all of those things are happening and we start to feel embodied. We start to feel in our body and Mm. it becomes a she or a he, depending on how we identify. And we, our body isn't that thing over there. It's this wonderful vessel of ours. So she or he is, has more of a play in relationship. She's talking to us. Yeah. And we get to do this really cool thing in body awareness, that middle stage of that map of body hate to body love is we get to be body current. And this is very, very powerful, especially for women who are, I tend to work with women over 40. So especially for women, I see over 40 because often women are like, well, I want that body that I had. Mm. I want that body that I had in college or before the surgery or before the babies or before all my parents died and there was all that stress. I want that body. And that's living in in the past in a different Mm. body. We want to be body current in this body so we can take care of this 
current body, this time of our life, in this geography, in this climate, what does this body, what does she need most? So that whole sort of confluence of concepts happens in body awareness. And when we can really live into that body trust and body awareness and being body current, it naturally evolves into some nourishing practices. We start being nicer to ourselves. And the nicer we are, then we start to reap the rewards of feeling positive about our body. We start to experience more pleasure. We start to say nice things to ourselves. Yeah. We start to make those nourishing practices just part of our life instead of this once in a blue moon, you know, okay, I'll get a massage because it's my birthday, right? Yeah. Or I'll go on a diet because for this one week because it's reunion time, right? Yeah. The way we take care of ourselves becomes who we are. And the more we live in that body positive, we just naturally step more and more into nourishing practices and that takes us to body love. And that is a place of feeling really good in your own skin, comfortable in your body, confident, right? Access yeah. to sensuality, sexuality. There's sort of a delight in, wow, cool. I live in a body. <laughs> How awesome is this? Yeah. Right? And that's a very different place to live from, especially when we're trying to be powerful in the world, yeah. than I feel bad about myself. I have shame about myself. Oh, I love this. This is just, uh, this is why you and I connect because it's so in line with, with what I teach people as well. And I, I really f get people to get connected with their body because the body is such a gift. Yes. I mean, you know, depending on how you look, I look at the world like I am an infinite being and I'm mm. here in this beautiful body, this amazing vessel that allows me to experience things that I can't as just energy. Yes. And so why wouldn't I want to care and nurture my body? And then the more I've been playing in this, you know, taking it even beyond what you've been talking about is to actually engage your body energetically which you probably yeah. know as well, right? So it's to engage yes. that body energetically and to invite your body to contribute and help you to grow, say, your business or finding the perfect relationship. Your body can actually become your partner mm -hmm. in where you're going. I love that. I am so, like you and I are just so, like, vibe along the same wavelength. That partnering with your body. So often when people say, what do you do? And I sort of explain it and they have, still have that quizzical look. I'm like, so you know how you go to counseling if your relationship with your mate isn't working well? <laughs> so I do relationship counseling, but between you and your body. And they're like, oh. I love that. That is such a great way of doing it because it does get people to start to think in terms of, your body can be your partner and you know right. how have you been treating your partner yes and not only can be it's every everybody's right oh, yes it's everybody's right that your body is your partner in life and i do know that some of us are dealing with illness and some of us are dealing with chronic pain and there mm. are many issues that make it so hard to be in relationship with your body and still 
I believe that the more we can be in relationship, really having this dialogue with our body, no matter what we're going through, the more we're able to feel good the more we're able to feel pleasure, the more mm. we're able to feel sens sensual and sexual, yeah. the more we're able to just feel truly alive. And I know, you know, I've gone through the health crisis in my life, different stages of chronic pain, and still I was in this place of, okay, body, I'm listening. I'm listening to that sensation. What do you need? And the more that we can stay with it, the more we can really listen to what our body truly needs and let our body be the guide instead of the whole, you know, blogosphere and diet industry and, you know, every celebrity diet out there plan, fitness plan, that's not our guide. No. I, you know, I have to say it's been profound in in stepping into this and and i'm with you that it takes time um yes. you, know, you have to learn a whole new language you have to mm -hmm. learn to communicate with your body but over the time it's been so rewarding to do it and now you know if i'm making my morning smoothie i will check in with my body of what ingredients my body wants that day and yes. not assume that just because i had the smoothie with these ingredients yesterday i'm going to make the same one today so Dana, that's such an interesting, there's so many things in what you said. So one is I want to share with you a really far out technique that people can use cool, to do that. Yes, but before please. I do that, what you just said, I check in with my body. So for you and for me, that makes sense, right? Yes. So what do I feel? What do I need? For, but for many, many people, that feeling of like, oh, I check into my body. I don't know. I'd like a chocolate shake, you know? <laughs> like, that's what my taste buds say. Right. So there's a process of learning what the language of the body is. Mm -hmm. And that is the process of embodiment. And it does, just like you said, it takes time to learn that language. It also takes patience because it's a process of really slowing down to be able to hear what it is that our body is saying, I want that. So often, let me just give you an example. If I go to a buffet, Mm -hmm. How I used to go down, and I come from a long history of really struggling with food and body, with chronic overeating, with craving sugar, mm -hmm. with, you know, dieting every Monday morning and going off of it on Thursday night. So going down a buffet line was like, oh, yeah, I'll take that and I'll take that and I'll take that. No, that looks good. And oh, I didn't know that was here right? I just would go with whatever was in front of me. I didn't know what my body wanted. It just wanted food, right? And it wanted pleasure. It wanted mm -hmm. to have yummy food. So now as I've learned how to truly res respect and listen and honor my body, I'll walk up to a buffet and I'll just wander by. I'll just look at everything without a plate in my hand and just get a sense of like, oh, what looks good to me? What you know, really goes, oh, this is going to make me feel good. So it's the idea also, it's one of my favorite sayings is love the food that loves you back, mm. right? So what food is going to love me back? Like, sure, I love that chocolate cake. It looks awesome. It's gorgeous. Some great patisserie chef made it and it's got little, you know, fancy flowers and sure, 
I love it. It's gorgeous. I will admire it. But is it going to love me back? I don't know. Maybe while it's in my mouth, but then I'm going to get a nice sugar high and then I'm going to get so tired and cranky. I am not going to be having a good time at all. So this process of how do we listen to our body is one that I want to say takes patience and we have to really practice, right? So you notice I didn't say you need a set of rules to learn (laughs) how to do it. Mm -hmm. It takes practice and I would venture to say guidance because it's not a language many of us have grown up learning. So just like if you were going to go to Italy and you wanted to go learn Italian, you might get, you know, an Italian teacher. Mm -hmm. So just like you want to learn the language of the body, you might want to get somebody, a coach who can help you learn the language of your body. So I just wanted to say all that as a preface for this really far out. And this might resonate for some people and some, but when you, when you said, you know, I asked my body, I was like, Oh, I want to share this um, technique. And it's, some people are going to be like, this is so weird. But for those (laughs) of you who resonates with, that's great. So it's what I call belly testing. And it's the idea if anybody's ever been to an acupuncture or somebody who does muscle testing, it's along that kind of idea Mm. that your body has innate wisdom and it can respond to you. So, and try it out in the kitchen because what you want to do is put out a few foods in front of you. So you want to put out nice leafy greens that you know are fresh and yummy. You want to put out maybe some bread in front of you and you want to put out some kind of food that you know doesn't really serve you. You know, probably something sugary or really high refined carb, something that you know like, eh, I eat that and then I kind of feel crappy, right? So put those out in front of you and then you pick up the greens and you close your eyes you just hold it in front of your belly you don't put it on your belly you're just standing and you hold it in front of your belly and you ask yourself it's like body does this food serve my highest good and either your body will move towards it or it will move away from it so it's a concrete way. Like when you said, I ask my body. For, so for you, it's innate. You know, you're embodied. You know but what I, you need. I but did start with that. You where did. It was that muscle testing thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I usually start with, first of all, because um, sometimes your polarities can be mixed up. So before mm-hmm. I touch anything, I will ask my body, you know, body show me a yes. Yep. Body show me a no. So I know which is yes, which is yes. No. Exactly. And, then, and then I go through and I can test the individual pieces exactly the same principle exactly yeah. the same principle i sometimes find with the belly testing when i ask people to show me yes show me no they get a little confused and mm. it's just it it sort of automatically people gravitate towards the food or they go away okay sometimes cool. what happens is they'll go side to side and it's usually it's not a great question like it has mm. to be like with bread you put the bread in the body it'll sort of go side to side and, and then it, you have to be a little more specific like does this food work on a weekly basis, could I? Would this food right. work for me once a week? Right, right. So you just have to get a little more f- in, finesse the question a little bit. The other thing is then to try different foods and see see how your body responds. Some people totally this works for them. Some people, eh, not so much. You know, either way, just try it as an experiment. But even if the the actual belly testing you feel doesn't respond. For you that well, just stopping and saying, hmm, is this food for me? Is this my kind of food? Is this food that 
I'm going to love and it's going to love me back. Is this food deeply nourishing? Right? Any of those questions brings more awareness to the table. Yeah. And I love that idea of, will this food love me back? Mm-hmm. It's such a great question because it's not about, you know, is this nutritious? Is this good food? Is it healthy food? It's a matter that's really tuning it back around to taking your own power and saying, does this work for me and my body? To hell yes. with what everybody else thinks about it. Yeah. Does it work for me? Yes. So what a great piece. What a great piece. Yeah. Okay. I know we could talk for like hours because, mm-hmm. you know, we have so much in alignment <laughs> and how we see this. Um, you know, we were talking earlier about how we both have a, a background in body work. And so we've mm. you know, got that. And you have lots of experience in the health and wellness field, just like me. We've, we're both in the 25 year mark, which is so yes. cool. Um, and you're, you've got a little movement going. You've got your Nourish Woman Nation. I do. I so do. How do people find you? Yeah. So the best way to find me is come to my website, ninamanelson.com. And there's a lot of really cool resources there. So one of the resources is the Nourished Woman Nation, which is a totally free community for women. And if you want to just find out about that, you can go to nourishedwomannation.com. And what we do is we're Facebook-based, and I go on there. I do Facebook Live. I post um, inspiration. It's a place for women who want to be focused on deep nourishment. It's a place for women who want the support to live a life that feels good from the inside out. And it's not a place where we're going to trade diet secrets. (laughs) That's not (laughs) what we do there. But it is a place where we value really caring for ourselves. And it's odd that there needs to be a place for that. Mm -hmm. But for so many women, it's not valued. What's valued is giving to everyone else, yeah. which, is, which is great. We want to be generous. We want to be giving. We want to be of service. And we do need to be filling our own well before we are filling everybody else's. Otherwise, we're, we're, we're working from an empty well. So we want to be surrounding ourselves with other women who really say, yes, yes, you taking care of yourself is a great thing. You getting support and doing the things that nourish you beyond like a manicure is very important. <laughs> yeah. I was just talking to someone recently. I said, you know, I think part of why manicures, besides the fact that they're pretty, but the reason manicures have become so popular is that it's a permissible place for women to sit down and be wow. pampered. Wow. There's, there's also like, a big community piece to it. Like I know when yes. I go, there's a lot of chitter chatter. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's yeah. community. It's not work-based. Yeah. It's just, you know, we go, we chat, we get taken care of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it might be time to widen the lens of what self-care is for you. Yeah coming from the inside. Yes. And it doesn't mean that we don't want manicures, but there may be other things 
there may be other things that really support us. Wow. This has been fantastic, Nina. I am so grateful that you joined me and, and shared all of this. This is great for people to start looking at, you know, another way to have a relationship with food and their bodies and, and using that to really step into their power. So thank you again. We're going to have all the links in the show notes for people if you want to reach out to Nina and connect with her and be part of her Nourished Woman Nation. Thank you, Dana. Thank you so much for having me. A total delight. Thanks for tuning in to The Inner Dominatrix, the show that lets you step into your bold, sexy, fun-filled life. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to tell your friends about it. And if you're ready to own your inner dominatrix, then hop over to my website, innerdominatrix.com, and let's have a conversation to get you rocking your bold, sexy, fun-filled life. 